0: Hello and welcome back to the Norwich Film Festival podcast. My name is Neve Brook and I'm a festival assistant here at the Norwich Film Festival. Today I'm chatting with Lena Kalcheva, the director of Other Half. Other Half follows Ren, an individual being in a world comprised of merged couples and Ren longs to find his other half and become complete. Now spoilers ahead and I hope you enjoy the podcast. So hello, I'm here today with Lena Kalchevert, the director of Other Half, which is nominated for Best Animated Film here at the Norwich Film Festival. How are you today, Lena? Hello, I'm um, I'm right. Thank you. Fabulous. Yeah, I'm doing really well. And I'm so excited to talk about Other Half, which is just just gorgeous. I just love <laughs> spoilers, it's amazing. So, what <laughs> drew you to tell this story? How did Other Half sort of come to be? Yeah, well. For me, I've
1: always really loved um, fantasy and I've always gravitated towards uh, fantasy both to to kind of to watch as a film and, mm-hmm. and to and make. Um, and while I was growing up, because it was the main thing that I uh, always liked to watch and, and read and just engage with in general. it For me, it was like a way to kind of interpret my real life experiences as if they were this big epic thing. And I think a lot of people do that, um, whether it's through fantasy or just making everything really dramatic in in our heads. And I really wanted to make a film that's a fantasy, but, and it has a fantasy world, but it's about something really, really human, uh, kind of this drive that everyone has to kind of fall in love and the external pressures that we feel to, to be in a relationship and, and thinking that, kind of that's going to be the thing that will make things click uh for us as as individuals when um it's not always the not always the case
0: yeah. and you tell that so sort of masterfully you have you know the three characters that she meets along the way and they just each of them demonstrating a relationship you can find yourself in that if, if anything makes you more upset more unhappy you have you know the the selfish individual that only cares about himself. You have the one, they're trying to make it work, but they're just dragging each other down. And then you have the final one, which is, you know, abusive and possessive and aggressive. What was it like sort of using, you know, the experiences that people go through and creating these three characters to represent that? How did these characters sort of come to be?
1: Um, Well, it was, a lot of it was kind of me, my writer, my producer who uh, made the story together. Mm-hmm. um we were just kind of talking about uh the relationships we've had and kind of common um you know toxic um relationships that can kind of take place in any kind of combination in in gender or, yeah. or sexuality. um and and just trying to make these like archetypal mythological characters because we we kind of um the the very very first uh version of the film was actually it was some kind of uh, rite of passage that everyone has to go through uh, before they're ready to yeah <laughs> to have to kind of go out and actually have uh, real relationships. But then uh, obviously we changed it. Um, but it, that that really stayed that kind of like archetypal mythological uh, kind of character because we were really inspired by uh, like Greek mythology and the Odyssey, and we kind of wanted to have these episodical um, chapters in the film that. Um, are a bit like you know monsters that you have to defeat but instead of uh fighting them you you date them and you (laughs) try to get out the other uh the other side having learned something.
0: It was so interesting and you crafted them so carefully like so masterfully in both the design and in the writing that from the get-go you knew instantly who these people were and like what they were about and what they were going to do to Ren and it was just so intriguing because like you say this is such a high fantasy world I'll, I'll get onto the looks of the film later on but it's such a high concept world but yet you know instantly what the character is going through what this relationship is going to do to them and it's just I don't know it, you feel so much emotion for the character on screen it's amazing I absolutely loved it well oh. done <laughs> this is just about like 10 minutes of me singing your praise <laughs> um also, you sort of said that you changed the film and obviously the ending of the film doesn't line up with that. The ending of the film says such an important message that, you know, the best love you can find is the love you have in yourself. Is that something yeah. that's really important to you? And was that something that you're sort of glad you centred the film around?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it, it always starts somewhere uh, and then you kind of have to find what's really important about it because we, we knew that it was going to be, um you know in each relationship that our protagonist has they're going to lose lose a part of themselves and yeah. they're going to uh, lose something and then uh get it back and then we it was so easy to realize that it's not about kind of okay okay now they're ready to to go out and date but it's about now they feel comfortable with themselves and and now they don't need to look for completeness in another person because you can't find that in another person uh there, there can be a lot of joy and and fulfillment in the relationship but it's not going to be the thing that makes you work as a person
0: yeah oh it, it's just worked so well and the sort of the, the foreshadowing at the beginning that the love deity is the person by themselves and no one seems to realize that just yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it was really good and at the end she just sort of sits there and laughs and she's like oh how stupid you know I made me think of that Sorry, this is a really weird thought but you know the real quote if you can't love yourself how can you love yourself yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> but like you'd be a big fan of this <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the visuals because I'm a big animation geek and the second I saw just like the first frame of this I was like yeah this is up my alley how <laughs> did the form come to be why did you choose stop motion and this gorgeous blending of you know textures and oil paints and like is there hand drawing in it as well I noticed some of that yeah so it's
1: it's a mix of things we we knew we were gonna probably come up with a new technique for the film for the story which we didn't know we didn't know what it was gonna be until the story was done so we knew that for the characters, just puppets wouldn't be enough because we have this, you know, mechanic of they yeah. blend together, they merge together. So the the first idea of it was because I come from an oil painting background. Um, the first idea of it was that all the characters were gonna be uh, oil paint on glass. Yeah. And then the, the sets would be kind of like suspended around them in uh, uh, like 3D model sets uh, that would just kind of be placed around. Um, and we had said, yeah, it'll be fine. And, you know, we we have months to test. Yeah. It'll be okay. And then uh, you know we went into lockdown. <laughs> uh, so I did a little bit of testing in my back garden with my little rostrum, and my little piece of glass. And it's so, it's very sad. You can just see how in my one uh, test animation, where all the all the run does is just wave like this, you yes. can just see the sun going down. Oh no. <laughs> all day just to animate an arm oh, and i gosh. said oh, oh no this isn't gonna work no. <laughs> we, were, we were also worried that if it's too flat that it wouldn't it just wouldn't sit together with uh, with the rest of the set and that you know they wouldn't be able to interact with um props and stuff yeah. um so then i was like okay i'm gonna try something else i really really want the oil painting texture because i think it's so gorgeous um and for a film before this, I, did, um, I didn't I did animate it like this, but I just uh, painted plasticine on top with oil paint. And I yeah. thought, okay, I'm gonna try to just make really flat characters and just paint them on top. So at least I can move their bodies and paint, uh, paint their faces with oil paint. Because I find sometimes with stop motion puppets, I don't find them expressive enough, yeah. like in their um, like expressions, because uh, you just don't have that much flexibility as you do with drawing Uh, because I also come from drawing as well (laughs) Um, and then yeah and then it just worked and and we were really excited Um, I I, I made all these kind of test um, characters and like tried to put them in a realistic uh, or kind of 3D-ish environment and we were like okay yeah this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be the way to do it and actually it was so much better for it because now in the sequence in the cave of faces no not the cave of faces the Narcissus kind of crystally bit we still use the oil paint, but we use it as reflections. And I think that's that what doing. it
0: is, oil painting. It looks It's gorgeous. oil paint. It <laughs> looks so good. It works so well.
1: Yeah. And also throughout uh, shooting that, the whole time I was uh, shooting a, a shot with um, oil paint and I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad. The whole film is going to like this. <laughs> it takes so long. It's so, so much work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And really hard to light as well, because it's just reflecting everywhere. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of it. We really wanted to have this kind of physical kind of merging um, between the between the characters because I think just having it uh, kind of in 2D or having it as VFX just doesn't feel tactile enough and doesn't yeah. feel um, you know, it doesn't feel real enough. you don't kind of kind of get a weird yeah. weird feeling from it, which I want. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it works so gorgeously there's a real like everything just feels so textured and so real like the sets my draw that short sequence where she's you know walking to the to the first cave the sets are so gorgeous like the sound design mixed with the actual you know the texture of it with you know the simplicity of you know Ren but you know the so such expressive face it just creates so many gorgeous visuals my entire my jaw was just like the entire time it was so good so with the sets what what were they made of how was that yeah. like like to create those
1: yes they were made of all kinds of things uh my I had an amazing production designer uh Eva Callenwaller who uh, was just jumped onto like we both kind of have fine art a bit and yeah. uh, we're both interested in that like uh from a background and we both work in a really similar way we just kind of like put stuff together we try something we're like okay this doesn't quite work we bring something else in um, and she was always really quick with uh, just problem solving and because we were using multiplane in a way that we we at least don't have any frame of reference for yeah. multiplane used this way so at, at first we because we have so many different environments the first kind of big decision that we made was uh, to be able to actually make this film because for every shot we need to just build a new set yeah, <laughs> for every, because the camera never yeah. moves we move everything for we build everything for the camera so we thought okay to make this actually work we're going to make sets modular so we're just going to build uh a lot of diff a, a lot of uh, the same prop in multiple sizes right so uh for each kind of big environment we made like you know 20 cliffs of varying sizes or a bunch of different branches and we just rearrange them for every uh, every shot, uh, which was just a really good way to to yeah. actually do it um, efficiently. Um, they, they were built out of all kinds of stuff. Our grass was kind of fur and and we had a lot of kind of foam and uh, plaster. Um, we had um, on the uh, underwater scene, we had, um, it was foam that was covered in sand Yeah, uh, that was sprayed. And then we have one shot where uh, Medusa, uh, the, the last kind of relationship character, um, scoops ran from the sand yeah. and for that we used kinetic sand which can kind of hold its form uh, and we used kinetic sand as well for the uh, kind of catacomb uh, necropolis scene as well uh, so that the statue could sing they were ma- made of just all whatever whatever we wanted like whatever we could find uh but we just wanted everything to look quite um like natural and organic um like we used uh hair gel for the water and um oh, that's so cool sand. yeah um, yeah, and it was it was a lot of, lot of tubs of hair gel, actually. Yeah, for every time the water on the surface, um, we had uh, hair gel that I animated with a brush, or um, sometimes we left it to just, be, because the animating with the brush didn't, uh, th- the movement wasn't subtle enough, so sometimes we just left it as time-lapse. Yeah. Um, so that it kind of does like sets, and then we kind of like loop it so that it looks like the water is slightly moving. I noticed um, that when okay. she's
0: in the fountain, where it's slightly bobbing, and I was, I kept on thinking, how have they done that? Ooh, that, that actually, that that particular effect is
1: is VFX, but we worked really hard to make it. Uh, we worked with uh, Escape Studios on that, uh, with some uh, some students from their course, and we we just had a lot of conversations about trying to make it look not digital, yeah, um, and just really subtle, so that it's not just like flat and not moving. Um, but also not like hyper-realistic, you know, uh, kind of what you would expect yeah. from a, what VFX can actually do, um, because we wanted it to really fit with the rest of the 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 rest of the film.
0: Well, I completely didn't notice. I, I was, I was <laughs> fooled. It works really, really well, that technique. For anyone who hasn't already gathered listening to this, that stop motion takes a very long time. It's a very <laughs> laborious process. How long did shooting, you know, Shooting take just shooting, Mm -hmm. no pre-production.
1: Yeah, so shooting. I think we started in the beginning of July and we finished mid February.
0: Oh my gosh! Wow, a lot of months
1: (laughs) with a very little sleep for everyone involved.
0: Oh, I can imagine, but it it pays off so well. Are you are you proud that all those months? Are you happy with what you've? (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, completely. And it's I'm just really happy that I animation can be so like you're alone in a room forever for yeah. months and don't know what you're doing. But I w- I'm just really grateful that I had like really great people to work with that just were so excited to to, to make it work. And and also we, we just constantly had problems. Like we constantly had issues that we had to, yeah. to, to figure out how to do, you know, every new environment had completely new uh, challenges that we had to figure out how to achieve and like, okay, now we have to make a starry sky. And we wanted to make everything <laughs> in camera, of course. So it was just like trying new things all the time, which kept me really kind of on my toes, you know? Like, the I, I never kind of go like, on auto mode because there's always something. Yeah. Gaming, this work. Um, and yeah, like seeing it all together, especially during like post production, uh, because again, my, my team was amazing and they started putting everything together and putting sound in and putting music in it. And I was just like, oh my God, it actually. Yeah. <laughs> It actually works and it's really, um, I don't know, it, it's really nice to see everyone's insanely hard work pay off um, and, and make something that everyone's really proud of.
0: Well, it's definitely something you should be proud of. It's an absolutely, not only gorgeous to look at, but a gorgeous film narratively as well. And it is, it's is—it's just stunning. I'm such a big fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a couple more questions for you, but they're a little less sort of other half focused. It's I'm also right. interested to know how did COVID affect the sort of the production of the film? Because obviously you've mentioned that you went into lockdown, sort of in the beginning of production. So what was that like? Yeah. Uh it was
1: it was tough because it was it was supposed to be our testing period,
0: mm. and it
1: was supposed to be when we start building our sets. So there was a lot of decisions that we had to make um, during that period that I really wish we were able to make uh, while testing. For example, yeah. we had to decide okay our multiplane is going to be this size and you know when we changed our uh technique that it was going to be not oil on glass but plasticine we were like well we've decided now that it's going to be this big and sets are being built to be within that size so
0: yeah
1: uh, oftentimes it ended up being quite small and that was quite tricky to work with um just that, that not being able to be in the same room as the team uh was difficult uh because when we first started development before lockdown, we always had like meetings with the entire team, you know, even though it's development and we're working on the script, you know, we had the sound designer, we had the composer, um, just really wanting to get everyone's um, everyone's point of view. Um, and we got some really good ideas from doing that. And obviously in lockdown, it just wasn't the same hmm. um, to um, to do. And yeah, kind of trying to only see props on camera rather than being able to touch them. and uh and do all of that yeah that was that was tricky and then obviously that really shortened the amount of time that we had to test once we were back definitely yeah um, so we only had I think about three weeks uh before we had to start shooting to, <laughs> oh gosh to that it. must have been so stressful so stressful <laughs> because it's something that none of us have done before I haven't done it before I have really I had really limited experience with multiplane and with stop motion um and so did so did everyone else you know because we were uh we were just starting out um and, and we just come up with it for this film so no one can really have experience with yeah. this experience. um yeah so figuring out all the perspective in the multiplane was just the complete like how do we make this look like it's really big when it's only about you know
0: yeah. <laughs> I always think it's so interesting asking that questions because so many different directors have such differing opinions on it and how it's affected their films. So that's such an interesting insight into how the pandemic affected other half and how much it's changed it. So thank you for sharing that. That was really interesting. <laughs> oh, of course. And I have one final question for you. Mm-hmm. Are you excited for the year's Norwich Film Festival? Uh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll be coming over the, I think, the last weekend, Oh, um, to, uh, to see the film and, and to see the other films uh, so I'm really excited I, there was um, a couple a cu- another a few films from uh, from our school that I'm really excited to be in the festival with um, so yeah no it, the, the lineup looks really great and um, I'm, I'm excited <laughs>
0: totally we can't wait to have you other Harvest is an absolutely fantastic film and thank, thank you. you so much for lending me your time today thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Norwich Film Festival podcast. This year's festival is running from the 12th to the 21st of November with our online streaming platform finishing at the end of the month. Make sure you go and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram or you can keep up to date with all things Norwich Film Festival on the Norwich Film Festival website. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Neve Brooke and I hope you enjoy the festival.